Welcome, everybody, to episode two of Confessions of a Market Maker. I'm your host, Ray, a.k.a. All Day Ray, a.k.a. The Wallaby Kingpin. And I'm here with, you know, our special guest, our reoccurring guest, the self-proclaimed director of Dirty Tricks. If you ask in Vancouver, he's going to be known as the Gorilla of House Street. He's been taking your and my money the past 25 years to fuel his love of lavish cars. Of course, I'm talking about Mr. VWAP Trader himself, JJ. JJ, how's it going? Good, Ray. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm doing good. I'm uh, you know happy to be doing another one. Uh, first one was fun, and uh, yeah, let's, let's keep this going. Sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah, it was. Uh, I had really enjoyed the first one, and um, you know. We'll keep it going and let's see if we can entertain and educate some of these people. Absolutely. Absolutely. So today uh, we're going to be talking about uh, order flow, something which is uh, which a lot of people don't know, uh, know about. We um, uh, M Trading Media uh, ran a Twitter poll. uh, So, you know, get a little bit of an idea, people's knowledge. And uh, I think it came back, what, like uh, some around like 70 percent don't know about order flow and uh, some around there. Right. Yeah, something like that. It was it was a high number, and uh, I, I'm the more and more I get into retail trading, the more and more I'm shocked about uh, about what people don't know, and you know what I assume people know, and they they don't. So it's uh, it's I'm glad that we can you know hopefully uh, fill in the blanks, as they say. Yeah, yeah, no, no, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and so, uh, so, so I guess we'll just get right into it. Um, order flow, JJ, uh, or if, do you want to start with that? Do you want to explain about a market first? How, how do you want to? Well, you know, uh, I saw one of the questions was, you know, would you say that order flow is defined as all this stuff? And it, I've noticed that people are really, um, hung up on terms and marketing terms and, mm-hmm. it, you know, and I know I'm not offending anybody who's selling order flow products, God bless. But the thing is, um, I have a fundamental <clears throat> sort of, I'm shocked fundamentally at how many people don't understand what a market is, right? And if they understood what a market is, they would understand what order flow is because a market is just a place where buyers and sellers meet to conduct trade, right? Those trades are orders. So we have buy orders flowing into the market and sell orders flowing into the market. That's order flow. That's it end of story right Mm -hmm. now so what people are trying to figure out is if i watch these orders coming in and out of the market will i be able to tell where price is going to go right and that is um you know a wonderful way to to sell a product or to you know get people excited about something but really it's like saying okay um i'm a doctor uh, but I need a patient, right? So it, it's just an integral part of the, you know, that's what a market is, right? Mm-hmm. It's orders flowing in and out. Mm-hmm. And so I really don't want to overcomplicate it. And it's just, you know, we're trying to establish two-sided trade. Buyers meet sellers. They transact. That price is recorded by the exchange, right? Or the place that you're doing business at. And yeah. that's a print, Right. Yeah. And, um, and, and that's all it is that that's yeah. all it is. 
Yeah, yeah, no, that, that's a, um, yeah. I mean, I, I think some of the uh, the best things are, you know, if we simplify things, you know, to 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 refine a strategy or just to, to understand things. I think you put that uh, excellently. Um, so, so JJ, with order flow being, uh, you know, why, why is it so important to you? Why should it be important to the listeners when developing their strategies? What, okay. what it's, it's, it's important because it's the process, the process of how transactions occur. Okay. Um, you know, it's like you're a mechanic and you're taking an engine and putting it onto a transmission. You know, those are the two parts of the drivetrain that move the car forward. So order flow, the selling and buying that moves the market up and down. And so I don't, the way I was taught in retail trading by shadow trader and Peter Resnicek and, um, and Jim Dalton was, you know, don't get hung up on all these little sort of all the minutia, right? Mm -hmm. Um, look and see where the orders are flowing and how they're transacting and the nature of those transactions will tell you, what kind of participants are in a market, whether the market is a trending market or a balanced market. Um, it will tell you uh, the structure of the mar the structure of the market. And, you know, we'll get into the, the profile charts that I learned from. Um, and what they do is, you know, we're, we're trying to, what I'm trying to teach people is look at the structure of the market. And if you understand the structure of the market, you'll be able to, take a lot of the stress out of trying to figure out entries and exits. And, you know, I, I'm not going to knock anybody's method of trading, but there is a lot, there are a lot of, there's a huge faction of people out there that overcomplicate this so much. And because the market moves fairly quickly, not today, today was like molasses, but because the market moves fairly quickly, trying to apply 20 or 30 different things to, watching something to determine an outcome can be a bit overwhelming. Right. Right. Let me, let, let me ask you something, JJ, you said, um, people overcomplicate it. Correct. And yes. you know, like, you know, me trying to relate my experience, like from poker is like, I, I think there's times in the past where I've even like complicated my own strategy to the negative, you know, like it, it's overcomplicating things I think could have like the uh, disastrous effects Oh, definitely. Um, so, relating to order flow, you say people overcomplicate it. How are they? How is it being overcomplicated? Well, a, a lot of people, and I, I've been look. When I started futures trading, I tried every, I chased every uh, holy grail. So I'm no better than anybody else. Okay, even though I have a lot of institutional experience, um, you know, like I said on the weekend, I put out a tweet saying institutional trading is like driving a semi tractor down the highway, right? Yeah. On the freeway yeah. and being a retail trader is, you know, you're walking on the freeway, trying to cross it and not get hit by one of these semis. Right. Yeah. So it's a completely different thing. And I fell, I fell into the trap that every retail trader does. So don't feel bad folks. If you've spent money for an indicator that doesn't work or you haven't figured out a certain thing, because I went through two years of, you know, and, and I was lucky because I, I found shadow trader really quickly. Um, and that was just luck, right? Um, I was looking at all sorts of things and you look, you pull up a technical, um, you know, the indicators on thinkorswim or any of those platforms and there's hundreds of these things, right? Um, yeah. And, and to, when to you, learn, you said, sorry, not to, not to interrupt you. Uh, no, go, ahead, go ahead. 
Yeah, the indicators real quick. Like, would you say most of them are uh, pointless or like garbage or? No, 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 no. I Listen, I, I can't say that because I honestly don't know enough about them, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. one, one indicator, relative strength, uh, I have had experience with when I was a manipulator. You know, people will think that a stock, if it's at 90 RSI, is over is overbought and you should short it. Well, I once held a stock at 90 RSI for three months, right? And uh, good good luck to everybody who shorted it at, you know, $30 because I took it to 300 right? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it, it, I had a client, one of the clients, uh, we used to call him the tailor. You know, the guy did a deal where he kept the stock going for two years without a negative day. Right? <laughs> it actually got written up. I mean, the, yeah, it, you know, he's a freak yeah. of nature. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, go ahead, try and short it. Right. But so <laughs> we, you know, we, we dare you to actually, we want you to short it so we can buy you in later. Right. right? right. Because your, your short position is going to help me hold up the price. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, um, you know, so that was the one indicator that I had experience with. I knew it was bunk for me, unless you're trading like a real market, um, you know, maybe RSI will work if you're trading like normal real companies that aren't completely manipulated, right? Um, But honestly, like, you know, Fibonacci's and all that stuff. And I know people, and I know they work because a lot of guys I know use them and they're consistently profitable traders. So I can't knock any of that. I just don't know enough about it because I'd start on one and then I'd get, I'd be like, oh, Fibonacci. And then I'd go, oh, this one. And then, oh, that one. And then, you know, so I completely like like, overcomplicating. Yeah. I was like chasing my tail, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It's it's better to like hone in on like one or two things and strategies. Definitely. And and because I trade the ES and I only trade the ES, uh, I mean, I I do consult with clients on block trades and things like that. But uh, for the ES, I like trading it because it's a nice technical market and you can see the structure using market profile in the TPO charts and it just lowers my blood pressure. Um, you know, hmm. because, yeah. that, that's um, you know, you know I, I have a friend who's a scalper and he does 200 trades a day, but at the end of the day, he has to go lie down on the couch because, you know, his heart rate's off the wall and, you know, he just wears himself out, you know? Yeah. It's not um, good. It's and, not good. We're not recommending that to the no. everyone out there. You know, and some, guys, some guys are really good at it. You know, like these young guys, you know, like if you're 22 years old and you've got the heart of a lion, you know, God bless, go do it. You know, yeah, I mean, not, when he hits 26, it's not going to be a heart of a lion, but well, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, that's a whole nother topic. I, you know, like me, like I, I I, th- I think you know, and not to divulge off the topic, it, it, you know, you, you gotta you gotta keep yourself healthy at the same time. If it's bringing you too much, you know, stress, you know, I, I don't know, like I, I don't think it's worth it. You know, maybe well, exactly what you're doing. You know, no, no, I I completely agree. When I started retail trading, and I'm a guy who's used to trading heavy order flow for my clients, but that's what we call OPM, other people's money. When you have your own little retail account and you're sitting in a room all by yourself and you don't have you know a trade desk. Um, you know, I would take a trade and, uh, this was after my heart surgery. I'd take a trade and all of a sudden my heart rate would go up and I'd start getting heart palpitations. Right. And even if I was like right in the trade, I didn't have to be wrong. Even if I was correct and I made money on the trade, um, it, it kind of took a lot out of me and I was like, okay, something's wrong. Cause, and what is wrong is I didn't know what I was doing. Right. <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. So, you know, and that's my body telling me, hey, look, you don't know what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, go learn. Otherwise, your heart's going to explode again. Yeah. Um, you know, so that's, that. you know, that's why I'm so thankful to, to Peter at Shadow Trader because uh, he dropped my blood pressure like 40 points as soon as I saw this stuff. And I was like, oh, Excellent. you know. Um, yeah. Shout yeah. out to Peter from Shadow Trader. Thanks for, <laughs> thanks for having me itself. <laughs> oh yeah, he's he's keeping me alive. He's better than any blood pressure medication that those boys over there. <laughs> yeah, right. Excellent, excellent. All right, so so uh, JJ, so I you know I finally understand now. Like you know, since we've been in contact, I, I see you like post these like graphs on Twitter, like, and I ha- I would have no idea what it is to be honest. Now I finally know this is a what you call a TPO chart or graph uh, exactly. t- time price opportunity. That's what TPO stands for for people uh, listening. Um, so how, so one, uh, explain a little bit about the graph, how you go about reading it. Is it hard to read, uh, et cetera? Well, at, at first I was, when I first saw these things, I, I was like, what is this alien hieroglyphics? Yeah. Um, you know, and like in these letters there's, you know, so I looked at it and, um, I started reading. And then once I got to, uh, you know, Mr. Dalton, you know, you find out that it's basically a bell curve flipped on its side. And what it does is it shows you where prices transact and it also show you where they transact for the longest period of time. And you bring in time into the, uh, into the picture and price over time is value, right? Which Mr. Dalton teaches. Mm-hmm. And um, once you understand the concept of value, and then, you know, then you'll know when price trades away from value, how likely is it to come back to value or is it breaking away clean away from an old value? You know, like say iPods are 10 bucks and everyone's paying 10 and the demand goes up and then, you know, they're trading at 15 or, you know, selling at $15. Um, are they going to come back to 10 or are people just going to keep coming for them? You know, so the whole supply and demand thing, um, is, is quite fascinating. And, and those charts, um, every letter is a half hour period. And that half hour period um, will show you every time there's a transaction, um, a letter will be marked on the chart. So unlike now, once again, I don't, I'm going to get a lot of hate mail, but um, the guys who watch the Dom and the time and sales, if, if you can watch it and you can make sense of it and trade off of it, God bless, but it moves too fast for me. And there's a lot of monkey business that goes on uh, in it. And you I mean, said, I'll look at it, right? You, you said trade the what? I'm sorry. What, what did you the, say? The DOM, the, the depth of market, which is like the level two for futures, right? Okay, it's okay. All it is is an order book, right? The level two, the depth of market. It's just showing where all the orders are coming in, the buys and the sells and where they're matching up, right? Yeah. But that can be manipulated, right? Um, you know, uh, when I was a trader and I wanted to flush somebody out of a stock, I would, I would make the appearance that there was a huge seller in the stock and people would run screaming for the exit. And conversely, if I was, you know, trying to sell something, I would push the price up by using big fake buy orders. Mm-hmm. So, you know, but what these TPO charts do is they actually print what has transacted, right? right. And when you see what is actually transacted, you can see the nature of those transactions, who is transacting and the manner in which they're transacting. Are they transacting, you know, like today they were transacting at the same price for 12 half hour periods, 
right? Mm -hmm. So that told me that, you know, that acted like an anchor, right? Um, that that's where the point of control or where 70% of the, uh, the time was spent, uh, in the day. And so if people are comfortable buying and selling, going back and forth there, if we move away from that, the odds are like more, the, we have higher odds that they're going to come back to that. Right. Um, unless there's a change of information that the market is usually waiting for. And, um, and that will push us far away from value as, as a trend develops or a gap, which is a change of thinking. So all these tiny little things and the, the profile charts will show a structure. Um, some of them look like P's and that indicates short covering. B profile shapes indicate long liquidation. So you can really, really tell a lot about the structure of the market. And, um, and it, for me, it really helps sort of take the stress out of it because I can take a structural trade, place a structural stop, and then let that trade play out and monitor for continuation. And um, I'm, I'm taking a lot higher odds trades and I'm not, and another thing it's doing is it's keeping me out of a chop because a lot of times the market will open up and it'll just chop around and it's just, all they're doing is they're stealing your wallet. You know, you buy, we pull the bids, you sell it back cheaper. You know, you sell, we move the bids up, you have to force the coverage at higher prices, right? Yeah. So, I, so I call that a pickpocket market. And you can see that very, very clearly on uh, on a TPO profile chart. And, you know, when that happens, you know, you just sit back and drink your coffee, read a book, put on some music or go for a walk or something, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, discipline, have a discipline. Let me, let me ask you, because you, you mentioned uh, level two and like I, I was planning to ask you um, how this works in conjuncture with level two. Now, I know you mentioned that, um, you know, you can be manipulated with level two. And I'm sure like that's what you did. You <laughs> manipulated people with the level two now. So does order flow, if you're using a TPL graph, does, does that kind of make level two obsolete? And like, hey, I'm not looking at level two or do you use it in conjunction with level two? Like, No, 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 no. See, the, the thing is level two is for equities, mm -hmm. right? For stocks. The depth of market is for futures. So you can use these TPO charts for equities. There's a, a lot of guys who actually do it. Uh -huh. Um I haven't I haven't started doing that yet because I'm not really trading a lot of stocks now unless one of my clients wants to buy a block and you know we'll we'll accumulate something for him in one of his accounts. But um, because I've I trade futures because it's, it's for me it's the uh, it's not the easiest market it's the least complicated. You don't have to borrow stock. Uh, you don't have to worry about being bought in. It's liquid. It's thick. Um, you know, you can, you know, even if you're trading 50, 100 contracts, you're in and out. I mean, there's liquidity. It's just a beautiful thing, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and so the level two is for uh, over-the-counter NASDAQ pink sheet stocks, okay. right? Yeah. Uh, it's it's an order book. Um, you know, they have the, the New York order book too. But in the old days, we used to have, you'd have a stock and you'd have 30 or 40 or even 50, 100 market makers in that stock, all competing for order flow from brokerage houses, right? And that's how they, they'd make money, right? Um, now so much there's ECNs uh, which and uh, algorithms, and it's all much more electronic. But uh, what I used to do is I used to trade an under $20 market in NASDAQ and and what we used to call bulletin board stocks in the old days. And um, 
my job was to manipulate that level two. I own that level two. I had my, you know, basically I had my hand around the throat of the level two. Every single market maker had an order from me. Um, I had market makers out there as kind of lookouts, like, you know, uh, like re like recon and uh, I'd stick a market maker up on the bid and uh, he would tell me where the selling's coming from and how much the size of the selling was coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd have one of my guys on the offer and, you know, he would show me bids when people came in to buy. He'd say, you know, he'd call me and look, I can pay the bid for 100,000 shares, that kind of thing. So my level two was extremely manipulated. Um, and that's how you, that's why we call it making a market because markets just don't spontaneously erupt out of nowhere. They're made by yeah. people in order to sell something into. Yeah. It's crazy. It, it, it's crazy. The, the whole like manipulation like aspect behind like the, you know, just in general with the level two um, to me is just, it's so fascinating. Like that. Well, one that people are just totally unaware of this and it's like um, it almost to me, it seems like it's like, like the casino, you know, casino versus the guy coming in who's playing like roulette. Oh yeah. You know, definitely. It seems like even worse, like, like, like worse odds for retail traders than that. Like with all the, I'm serious, you know, like, you know, not if, you know, there are a lot of, I mean, I'm, I'm not knocking anybody who trades off a level two. There's a lot of smart people out there. One thing about the, the financial world is it brings some of the, some of the smartest people out and, uh, I've met people who are like scary smart and um, you know, and they can trade off of it and you know, they'll know who's manipulating. They'll know that, you know, they see a big bid. Oh, they're shorting off that bid. So I'm going to, you know, I'll short with them. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, or that sort of thing. And, and, you know, but for the general public, um, a lot of this uh, order flow level to tape reading, all of that stuff it's really, really, it, it moves very, very fast. And if you don't have a fundamental understanding of how the business transact, I always say it's like trying to be a brain surgeon without knowing basic anatomy. It's like, oh, we'll just cut here and hope this works, you know? Yeah. Um, and I'm just, I, I'm just blown away because, you know, you got to look at your, your trading account like a child, right? Would you take a baby and put it on the freeway? You know, uh, yeah. and, and to go, uh, go ahead, you know, like they say in New York, go ahead, you know, and try and cross the road. No, you're not going to do that. And you have to look at your, your, your account, like a, a, like a little child when you're starting out in this business, because, yeah, you know, as soon as people think they know what they're doing or that they're smarter than the market, that's when we got you. You got to stay humble. You got to. Yeah. yeah. No, no. Like, I mean, and that's how I, like, that's how I treat poker. Like it's really been a, uh, um, a like I don't want to say like mantra of mine, but like almost like it or ethos, whatever you want to call it, is like if if I still got money, like I'm in the game. I still got a bankroll, I'm in the game. You just always oh, want yeah. to be in the game. Just be in the game. Like it's like almost like survival, you know? Like oh yeah, there, there's there's a floor trader, ex floor trader on Twitter. His name's Pax, and uh, he's always like, you know what? Keep your gunpowder dry, right? Mm-hmm. Because when 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 it comes, you want to have your gunpowder dry and ready, right? Don't go running around in the rain with it. Uh, you know, that's, that's the hardest thing I found as a retail trader is like when to just like not, not engage. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that, that's, that's a very, very difficult thing. And, and people always come. And once again, I'm, I'm talking like, you know, like a kindergarten teacher, but 
a lot of people don't know this when they're getting in the market. They think, you know, I talk to a lot of retail traders and, and they think the stock market is basically like a bank machine with a computer mouse hooked up to it and you click it and it spits out money. Um, you know, and I'm like, that's not, that's not how it works. You know, when you take a long position, when you buy something, you're hoping somebody comes along behind you who's willing to pay more for it. And the same with a short position. You know, you sell something at a certain price, you think, you know, that, you know, people are going to push that price down and you'll be able to buy it back cheaper. So those fundamental concepts, if you think like that, um, there's a, there's a very, very astute gentleman by the name um, of Mark Douglas. And he was one of the, uh, one of the most amazing, if you watch his videos on YouTube, they're just, they're just beautiful videos because he was on the floor and he, you know, he taught psychology to a lot of these traders and uh, you know, he puts things in, in such a simple way. Um, and explains it to people that it just sinks in very, very nicely. And he's written quite a few good books too. So I, I definitely recommend looking his stuff up. Absolutely. Very, very important psychology. And I actually, I, you know, I'm looking forward to, I'm sure we'll do a podcast on, on psychology itself. Um, just a, it's a favorite subject of mine. And I think it's just vastly underrated to success. Like you could be the smartest, most, you know, you know, all the, 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 strategies, the techniques, you honed it. But if you don't have the psychology, you know, oh, yeah. aspect behind it, you are, you're screwed. Like there's no, no chance of success, I believe. But- oh, I, I, I completely agree. And then there's another floor trader uh, on Twitter and, uh, you know, he always talks about execution. And that was the thing for me. I, once I learned these TPO charts, I could call the bottom. I know the target. I know exactly where we're going, but execute, take the trade, monitor the trade and then manage that trade properly. Those are skills that I'm still learning to right. this day. Yeah. And, um, you know, we've got a guy, one of my best friends is, uh, we call him odds, the odd fellow. And he is a, like one of the, one of the most disciplined structural traders I've ever met. Like he'll just sit there and just relax, you know, and he'll just be go, you know, people will be, you know, should I, should I short? Should I jump in? And he's like, no trade yet. No trade yet. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah. he'll just kind of chill out, and the next thing you know, he'll he'll see his opportunity, and be he'll be like, "I'm long," and um, then he'll just sit and wait on that trade sometimes for an hour, two hours, you know, mm-hmm. and without worrying about it because he knows that the structure is backing up, um, you know, his call, and that the odds are in favor of that trade working out because the profile is speaking to him. Right. Um, we always say profile. She's a cruel mit- mistress. She, you, you cannot get anything past her. She sees everything. You know? mm-hmm. so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. I like it. So, uh, so uh, JJ, uh, when you were on House Street, right? Where like the the TPO, right? Where you weren't using it. Is this something that you just you know as a retail trader have? Yeah. Learned? Yeah. Absolutely. I, I never even heard of this. Uh, if if you had showed us. Because, you know, we were arrogant and we were young and we were like knuckleheads. If you had showed us this, you know, in 1995, we would have laughed at you, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, some of the traders might have actually pantsed you. But, you know, like yeah. they would have, you know, like you didn't even know what it was. But then once you get a little bit more mature and you age and then once you lose some money retail trading, you start looking and, uh, you know, then you sit and you listen to Jim Dalton. And, and my God, that man has forgotten more about the market than I'll ever learn. Um, and it's just fascinating the insight that he can pull from these structures, you know, and, um, I'd never seen it, you know, because you got to remember my, 
Well, I started with Shadow Trader, and then um, Shadow Trader, um, they are students of Dalton, Mr. Dalton. And so, like, all roads lead to him. He's like Moses. He went and got the tablets and brought them down from the mountain. Um, A gentleman by the name of Peter Stadelmeyer apparently invented it, and Mr. Dalton financed his first book. Um, And uh, because they were on the floor of the exchange together. And uh, so he is our... You know, he's sort of our Messiah who helps us see things. You know, the Messiah of order flow. <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, I mean, he, you just—I cannot. I, the, the man is just—you uh, know, like he just sees things that, and he's, and he has order flow in his veins because he was on—you know—he was on the floor of the Chicago Merc. So those guys, you know, it's funny they probably laugh like the old bond traders at Salmon Brothers um, at the new recruits, you know, they probably just sit there and laugh and smoke their cigars hmm. when people talk about order flow because, you know, they're like, they're just like order, you know, it's funny. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, so how, how was the learning, uh, learning order flow like in uh, learning how to read the graph, the TPO? How, um, how was the learning curve? It, it takes a little while. It takes a little while. Um, Mr. Dalton says it's like backing a car out of the garage. The first time you do it, you're nervous and you're looking at a whole bunch of different things. And then, um, you know, after a little while, you just throw it in reverse and out you go. Um, and he calls that chunking different parts of information together. And that was the hardest thing because I'd learn one thing and then I'd focus and like focus too much on it and miss a whole bunch of other stuff. Um, and Peter, Peter, uh, Reznicek always talks about in context, you know, uh, what is happening in the context of a trend or balance or, um, or inventory inventory is another thing. A lot of people never even heard of, you know, and you'll see inventory come into play when price can't get over a certain level and the people who are long, there's nobody coming behind them to bid, you know, the instrument up so they can sell into it at a profit. So they start dumping right? Because mm-hmm. inventory got too long and, and it needs to correct. So things like that, and you can see that on these charts. And I, I sound like, you know, a religious fanatic when it comes to these things. Yeah. But, um, you know, it, for me, it's it's just, it's like you take the blindfold off, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's completely different than what I used to do because on House Street, I, you know, uh, my job was to use whatever dirty trick I could to liquidate the most amount of stock at the highest prices for, um, you know, for my fiendish clients. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, so it was a completely different, you know, um, sort of way of looking at things, you know. So it must be interesting for you coming from the poker sort of standpoint, kind of looking at the comparisons of, you know, um, markets and I guess game theory, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Game theory. uh, You just nailed it on the head. Like that's, um, I like my whole like, uh, strategic approach to poker is like rooted in game theory. Um, that's, that's, that's really like all I study is game theory and poker. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, I think really anything involving strategy, uh, like fascinates me, you know, I, I guess it's just one of my natural inclinations, you would say. Um, yeah. So like hearing these stories from you, um, you know, it really puts into perspective for me. Like I didn't realize how much of a disadvantage retail traders are at and like learning even more from you. I'm like, Oh my God, like this is ridiculous. Like it's, there's a a lot stacked up against people. And I think, you know, what's good about me and you doing this, getting this out, because I think a lot of this knowledge is not out is that like, okay, now people going into this know what they're up against. And like, I think the lessons, you know, and, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. I think the lessons people need to take away from this is like, 
listen, like you need to do your due diligence. You need to come prepared. Like this is no joke. Like you, like the odds stacked up against you are, oh, yeah. are, are, are tough. And like, and I'm just viewing this as somebody who is a, like, uh, I guess you could call me a gambler. I don't really like calling it as a, you know, like I, yeah. I have strategy uh, and, but there's, there's a luck, you know, there's luck, there's whatever you want to call it. But like looking at this, I'm like, oh wow. Like this is, uh, you know, like this, this is tough. It's a tough beat to oh, be successful. And then people just gotta, you this, know, you gotta this be- is this definitely. Yeah, yeah. This, this, and I keep saying that this is the hardest thing I've ever done. Um, it's just, uh, because you're, you're battling your head. Um, you know, if you've had a bad day, uh, you know, if you, you know, and a lot of people, um, you know, since the days of Jesse Livermore will think, oh, okay, you know, I'm going to go to the market because I want a new car. And it's going to pay for it. And oh boy, that's that's when we really kick you in the teeth, you know, um, because and a lot of people they don't want to learn. They don't know that it's essential to learn how to trade well mm-hmm. before trying to make money. They jump into it going, "I need to make this amount. I need to make that amount," and that desperation. And and I'm I'm not saying that I'm I'm not guilty of it. I've I've made every single mistake that every retail trader has gone through. So I am no better than anybody else. Mm-hmm. And you know, and I've done some pretty stupid things. Um, you know, luckily I'm cheap, so I haven't lost a lot of money. But um, you know, you you look at these things and you, you just got to know what you're doing, right? You you have to know that you are entering into a universe that caters that you know is run by some of the smartest people you will ever meet. You have people who turn down jobs in um, aerospace and physics, and they go into the market and they're like these guys who work at quant funds and things like that. You know, these guys are like Mensa level smart, and they're trading with trillions of dollars of money, and you're going against them with an account with say twenty grand in it, right? Mm-hmm. So you know, you're you're literally showing up. To a gun battle with you know like a little Swiss Army knife, right? Yeah. So you know, take the time to to learn the market, you know. And uh, for young traders, you know, the best thing is to learn on the uh, micro e mini or the micro es we call it. It's uh, you know because you have a bad day on that, you lose fifty bucks. And you can use volume profile to to learn structure and how to take good trades and and manage those trades and it really will will help you you know learn uh, how to watch price action and um, you know how to be aware of what's going on and and why uh, you should be making certain decisions yeah absolutely I think yeah and that's that's another topic I can't wait to talk to you about like to do an episode on that and because I'm very eager about learning more about that and that's something I wasn't even aware of until speaking with you Um so that's good. Um, so, so JJ, so um, as far as order flow goes, so for people who are trying to learn this, well, well, hold on, let, let me start with this. How, how vital is, would, would you say, learning order flow, learning how to read, like, you know, read the graphs, the charts, the TPO? How, how for me, you say? Now, like, I, I'm talking about myself, right? And, um, you know, I need to learn the nuances and the structure of the market and what it's telling me. Uh, we call it market generated information. The market generates information, right? The order flow comes into the market, it transacts, and those transactions are what we call market generated information. So we need to learn how to interpret that, right? Mm-hmm. And that's for me. Now, a lot of people will, will be able to trade off a footprint chart, 
right? Which shows, you know, what's transacting on the bid and the offer. A lot of people won't even look at that. They can trade right off the uh, depth of market, right? I don't know how they do it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, for, for myself, with for, you got to trade your personality, your risk, um, you know, what your goals are. And if you can do it and you, you know, if you can get in and do 50 trades a day and scalp and, you know, make, you know, a couple of grand doing that, um, you know, with some size here and there, good for you. You know, uh, I, I, I applaud that, right. I'm actually, you know, um, I'm not jealous, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm in awe of that because you have the mental and physical stamina to be in and out and in and out of a market a lot. Right. Mm, right. Um, you know, and I think that, you know, I think that's, you know, admirable if, if you can actually do it. Um, but for me, I, I need to trade structure because I'm an old guy and, uh, you know, I need to lower my stress. And uh, I mean, I'm not saying it's, it takes completely all of the stress out because, you know, you are going to make mistakes. And uh, that's why, you know, you use a stop and you just get out and wait till the next trade because the next bus is coming. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think we, I think you, um, you, you touched on like a good point, like, that, you know, for you, like, hey, like, this is really important for me and for my strategy. And you listed the reasons why. And like, and I, and I think, you know, sometimes when like we're learning like new things, like it's like, you know, you, you might not know at first, right, about the subject. And oh, yeah. you're following this guy, you're following that guy. But then also at the end of the day, you have to find what's right for you as well. And so it can get tricky. As far oh, yeah. As, you, you know what I'm saying? And but Definitely. But I think that's what people need to be aware of, too. It's like, okay, when you're learning stuff. Okay, learn from him, learn from them, but t- also take it with a grain of salt and then incorporate it with your personality, what your goals are, yeah. et cetera. Which, does that make sense? Exactly. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. There are a lot of people I see on Twitter and they follow and they get attached to a, a certain person and their levels. Yeah. And that's great. You know, if you can trade off their levels, that's great. Once again, I never, I never poo poo anybody's method of trading, right? Um, you know, because it's what works for them. But, I always tell people, why don't you get your own levels and learn it yourself? Because what if this guy gets hit by a bus and he doesn't publish his level the next morning? What are you going to do? Yeah, yeah, you know? it is screwed. Yeah, you know. Um, so and so that that's that's just one thing that you know I, I like to talk about and and just uh, you know always. That's why I like to do my own homework because otherwise, if I if I follow somebody, first of all, you have no idea what their method of trading or risk or you know, position sizing, any of that, right? Because they're just putting a number on a, on a, you know, out on your screen. Um, so, you know, and, it, but then again, if you can trade that way and make money consistently using somebody's level, go for it. You know, um, if you're making money and you're profitable and you're consistent, you know, you don't need to listen to me at all. Right. I should be listening to you. Yeah. Right? <laughs> So, uh, you know, but I'm just, I'm, I'm on this journey myself and I find it fascinating and I, I really like talking to retail traders because there's some really smart people out there, you know, mm-hmm. um, you got guys like yourself, like, like you have, um, you know, who are professional poker players. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got guys who are ex engineers, you have, you know, people who, you know, they they come from all walks of life. So it's really fascinating to see how other people see the market and how they interpret price action and things like that. I always find that fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, it, it absolutely, absolutely is. Um, yeah. So, uh, so JJ, so for people who want to learn order flow, right. What would you, what would be your suggestions as far as how to go about, um, you know, learning this, this topic, learning how to read order flow, the TPO graph, et cetera, or, 
I, I would start with Shadow Trader and Jim Dalton. And um, I always sound like I'm a paid shell for those guys, but yeah. I'm, I'm not. And it, it's just because they, they are like, you know, as Peter says, he, you know, he, you know, he, he thinks VWAP traders is mom. Who's always saying nice things about him on Twitter. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I just cannot say how much uh, Mr. Dalton has taught me about uh, the dynamics, the structure, and uh, how to see a market, really, really. Because once you learn how to see a market, you, you don't get you don't get excited by the up moves, and you don't get scared by the down moves because you you understand what you know what leads up to them. You know, it, yeah. people will go, "Oh, it's because of this news or that news." It's like, no, sometimes inventory just got too long and it needed to be cleaned out. Mm-hmm. You know. Right, um, and it just so happens that a news event, because there's tons of them now, uh, will coincide with that, you know, and and it'll just kind of be a catalyst to just kind of push the push the cart over the cliff, you know. Yeah, <laughs> you know, um, and uh, and then the market will you know balance itself and 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 clean itself out or do whatever it needs to do. Um, it, it, I, I find that fascinating, um, you know, coming from coming from house street, from house street. <laughs> you know so, uh, because yeah, yeah go on, go on. <laughs> you know but house street you know my clients asked me two questions at the end of the day you know they'd call me up and go okay um you know the deal whatever deal that they were working on that i had you know 50 million shares you know they'd say what was the volume and i'd say oh i traded 10 million shares and um how much did i sell i sold 2 million phone clicks that's it two questions what was the volume how much did i sell and in you know three days they ask for a wire that's it so uh, it sounds like life was a lot simpler oh yeah it was i mean it's crazy because these guys i mean that's another different story because you have once again you know people with um different agendas um and different uh different sets of morals and ethics. You know, uh, once I had a client, you know, he made $7 million in a week, but he stiffed the guy who was painting his fence, 500 bucks. Um, <laughs> oh yeah. You know, th- these are the kind of specimens I had to deal with, you know, um, you know, we had one uh, promoter from the U S who loved Canada because he said, Oh, I love Canada because they don't throw you in jail for bouncing checks. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I'm telling you, you know, you know, I thought like, when I was a bouncer, I thought there were some specimens that came through the nightclub. Boy, you you know, you, you're a trader in Vancouver in the 90s and the 80s, and that period of time, and um, there were some there were some characters that came through. Um, you know, you had very very intelligent, methodical, disciplined people, and there were the guys. Those were the guys who would pull a hundred, two hundred million, three hundred million dollars out of a deal because they'd take it and they'd work it for you know, a year, 18 months, you know, two years. And, uh, you know, they build up a, a massive, massive market that they could, you know, they could sell, you know, if you wanted to sell a hundred thousand dollars worth of stock a day, you know, you just, you know, sell it into it in the market because you've created a nice, you know, liquid market, a little, it'll absorb that. Um, so, you know, I, there were guys like that. And then of course we had the degenerates who did the, you know, two day pump and dumps. And, um, so, you got to see, you know, a very, very different side of, of how this industry works. And, um, I suppose it's good because I, I learned a lot about the dirty tricks that go on. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. yeah. yeah no, and now you, now you can share them with us and, uh, you know, 
the rest of the public that have no idea what's going yeah, on. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm going to I'm gonna have, like, it's going to be bad now. All the order flow guys are going to have Hitman after me. I'll have to wear a bulletproof vest like a... This is a good point now to, to the audience why we don't do video. Because we, <laughs> oh yeah, no, I mean, I there was a market maker, one of one of <laughs> market makers, who um, he the market maker who actually shorted all of Jordan Belford's deals at Stratton Oakmont. He actually wore a bulletproof vest every day to work. Wow, really? <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. Oh yeah, yeah. He used wow. to wear a bulletproof vest to work wow. because he he was all over the offer on everybody's deal, and people hated him. Yeah. So. Um, and he was one of the most feared short sellers, you know, in that under $20 thing. You just, you know, he just knocked the heck out of stuff. So he had to wear a bulletproof vest. To wear That's great. That's yeah, yeah. These stories are, man, this, I, I, just the characters, like, I think just the personality to like, uh, oh. you know, work on wall street on house street, you know, wherever, you know, in, in the, in that industry. And you, yeah, well, it's just fascinating to me. Like just, it's just character after character. It seems like. Oh, I don't, I don't think I really dealt with a lot of normal people. Um, yeah. You know, normal people go and get jobs and they're accountants and, you know, this industry really attracted a lot of really like very highly intelligent people, but, you know, um, you know, they, they had to express themselves. Let's just say it that way. Uh, you know, um, you know, you know, You'd be at a stock presentation at an Italian restaurant, and a promoter would bring an alligator into the restaurant. I mean, that's Vancouver, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, where the hell you got an alligator in Vancouver? I have no idea. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, one of the promoters got nailed by the SEC, and uh, he showed up at the uh, in court wearing a pink suit, pink shirt, pink hat, and pink shoes. Yeah. Um, you know, it just guys like that were just. They were all you know, they're all over the place uh, when I started, and, and why, why that do doesn't you, really exist you, anymore. You know, why, why do you think that is? Like, it, it's it, what, what do you what do you think it, it is that like attracts these types? Or well, they're just they're they're kind of actually very creative people. Okay, um, and they see that you, you know, number one, I mean, of course, it's greed because you know you're getting you know when you have five million shares that you spent. Uh, maybe five hundred bucks for or five thousand dollars for, and you're selling that five million shares into one or two dollar volume. There's, you know, that, that that's a big markup. I mean, you know, a lot of these guys, you know, they do a deal and they drag down five million in a week and they'd be gone. Um, you know, and and that's just basically selling worthless paper. I mean, back in those days, and it would attract, it would attract anywhere from like real people. Like I had some clients. Like I have a client of mine that we're gonna have on the show. And he actually was a venture capitalist and he built markets and he built the company and he would, you know, but he would take his stocks to $20, $30 a share, get them on NASDAQ. He would actually do the right thing and build them out, you know, and he would make, you know, enough money to choke a dinosaur, um, you know, but he deserved it because the guy works 20 hours a day and he's one of the most disciplined, intelligent, methodical men I've ever met in my life. And he taught me 90% of what I know. So we had guys like that who were actual, but then we had what we call the rounders um, or the paper hangers. And, um, you know, that they were the guys who were flamboyant and, you know, they, you know, they always had a different Rolls Royce and a, they were the different woman and, you know, gold chains and, you know, all that stuff. And, uh, that attracted that that crowd because um, there was so much money flying around, and Vancouver was a very very, you know, it was a mining. You know, we had a lot of mining. We had a mining exchange. You know, uh, Western Canada. 
So we had a lot of speculative money um, going through through there. So mm-hmm. it was okay. a fascinating time. Yeah, yeah. No, I, well, you, you, uh, you know, speaking to you a, a little bit off, uh, you know, recording, uh, you've told me a, a few things about Vancouver. So how, tell me a little bit about Vancouver in the 90s. Okay, well, we used to have one game, um, you know, where a promoter will always ask you to go to dinner to, to pitch his deal. And uh, one thing the promoters would do is, you know, they take you to an expensive restaurant. They'd just say, okay, eat what you want, drink what you want. I'm buying, right? And they'd take like five, 10 people out, really expensive places, you know, and, uh, you know, the bill would be, you know, two, three, sometimes $5,000, you know, because whatever these guys are drinking and eating. Um, and the funny thing is right before the bill would come, the promoter would uh, go, I got to go to the bathroom. He'd get up and leave and disappear. <laughs> so <laughs> and he'd stick everybody with the bill. So, um, I had a client called the penguin and, uh, we learned how to recognize this. So what we would do, our game was to, to get out of the restaurant before the promoter skipped out, you know, okay, all right. um, so that was, you know, things like that, you know, yeah. it was, uh, wow. that, that was a very common thing. Um, because, you know, he'd look at me and I'd look at him and we'd go, yep, he's going to do it. You know, he's going to bail on the bill. So you, so, you got to bail before he bails. That's funny. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was that was a we did that so many times, you know, and because that was that was a really that was a weird thing. And I've never experienced that before. But um, I mean, that was a thing in Vancouver. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it seems like just terrible etiquette. I mean, I feel like that's like. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like people get hurt for that type of stuff. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I, I know. I mean, it, in you know, people in New York, you know, they, they call them savages, you know, people who yeah. do stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, but in Vancouver, people would get away with ridiculous, you know, sorts of scams. Um, you know, Forbes magazine called it the scam capital of the world once. Really? Uh, Oh yeah, you have no idea what kind of shenanigans are going on. It's a Pacific Rim city, and every major um, sort of enterprise uh, goes through there. And uh, when the markets were open, they were moving money through the markets. Um, and you know, th- there's nothing a criminal would like better than to take you know <laughs> 200 million shares of stock and sell it at four bucks and walk away with a couple hundred million dollars net proceeds. You know, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's not a bad month's work. You know, um, and at, at the end of the the bulletin board uh, era, the penny stock era, you know, some of these deals, um, you know, they would be trading a hundred. $150 million worth of dollar volume every day. And so let, let's put it to you that way. When I look at a, when I look at a company that's trading under 20 bucks or 10 bucks, I don't care what the price is. I'm looking at the dollar volume and the number of trades. If it's traded like a hundred million shares of dollar volume, I'm like, Ooh, somebody, you know, pro- somebody probably got off 20, $30 million worth of stock into this volume. No, right. That's how I think. Yeah. Right. 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 I look at the dollar volume. Uh, I mean, I don't look at that like when I'm looking at Apple or Facebook or, you know, like normal, um, you know, clean stuff. Mm-hmm. But when I'm looking at some of these promotions I see or these, you know, low float, you know, these low float things that, oh, there's a million shares in the float. No, there's 70 million shares going through it today. You know, and it's traded $300 million in dollar volume. I'm like, ooh, somebody, you know, somebody rang the register for 100 million bucks or 80 million bucks, you know, because. Mm-hmm. That kind of liquidity, um, you know, that that kind of liquidity is it's an aphrodisiac, you know. Yeah, yeah uh, absolutely. 
Yeah, you know, no, when you can crazy. That's crazy. I know, like, uh, you know, I've only I've only heard uh, good things about uh, Vancouver. You know, like once um, po- online poker was uh, maybe legal in the U.S. They call it, like black. It's like our Black Friday here for like poker players. They called it Black Friday. Um, a lot of poker players went to Vancouver, so because you know you can still play online poker in uh, in Canada, and like you know everyone had great things to say uh, while living there, and there's still people that do live there. But. It's a beautiful city. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a I, I, you know, I don't, I, I shouldn't say anything bad about it. It's a beautiful city. It's extremely expensive. Um, it used to be, you know, when I was working as a bouncer there in the nineties, when I first moved out after university, it was fun. I mean, we had a great time and then working in the, you know, in, in the industry there, you know, I, I never laughed so much and made so much money. I mean, I have no regrets about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's a beautiful place. It's just very, very expensive to live. And, um, you know, and it also, it rains, you know, 300 days a year there. So, wow, really? so I mean, it rains a lot. I mean, it's like London, um, you yeah, know, so like, it's from- Seattle, like Seattle, it's close to Seattle. Yeah. It's, it's two hours away from Seattle. I love Seattle. I used to go there every weekend. So yeah. Yeah. And I had some clients down there too. So it's, um, yeah. Nice. Good deal. Good deal. Well, I, I think, um, you know, we'll wrap this up shortly, uh, you know, just to uh, recap for people out there trying to learn about order flow. JJ, you're, you're, you're sending them to Jim Dalton and shadow trading. That, that's your, your recommended advice for people trying to learn. Yeah, that's my recommended advice. If they need any sort of uh, help, you know, come to me and I'll tell you what to look at on Mr. Dalton's site or, or Peter's site. Um, you know, and, uh, if they need any sort of explanations, you know, uh, I, I'm on Twitter, I'm VWAP trader one. So I, I welcome any kind of, uh, you know, if you guys need help, let me know. Um, you know, it's, it's the least I can do for what I've done. You know, this, uh, <laughs> this whole program is about confessions and, uh, you know, that I, uh, and once I found out what retail traders go through yeah, and, uh, you know, I was like, oh man, I feel bad. I gotta, I gotta try and, you know, I don't know if it, I don't know if it helps, but I gotta, gotta at least try. Oh, I get this. So this is kind of like you like repenting, like, oh yeah, this is all repentance. Uh, this oh, is, <laughs> not this is all. Makes sense. <laughs> start coming up now. All right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's funny. So, uh, yeah, JJ. Um, yeah, man, it's, it's been good. Uh, you guys, uh, will put like, you know, follow him VWAP trader one. We'll put the, the links. I'll put mine in as well. Um, our, our Twitter handles. If anyone wants to reach out, talk to us for whatever reason, feel free to, um, JJ, it's been fun. Anything else you want to add? No, I always, uh, you know, I always say uh, hi to my girl, France, uh, was at Monange, and uh, that's about it. And, um, yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed doing this, and hopefully I didn't, uh, you know, I, I was able to, to help a little bit. And, you know, if anybody needs help, please, uh, please don't be afraid to ask. Absolutely, absolutely. JJ, thanks again. Everyone, thanks for listening. Um, and, yeah. We're going to continue to do this. We're having fun. And, uh, yeah, thanks, everyone, for tuning in. JJ, have a good one. You too. Take care. Bye-bye.